everybody. Welcome to the Proper Tools Podcast, the only podcast where you get to listen to a couple of tools just sitting around and talking shop. I'm Jake, a woodworker that hasn't quite gone pro yet. And as always, I'm joined by Sean, a podcaster that hasn't quite gone pro yet either. Thank you, Jake, and welcome, everybody. As usual, we have unparalleled podcast content queued up just for you. In this episode, Jake and I are hosting our first ever guest on the podcast. But before we get to that, Jake, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Got to spend some time in the shop this week, and I'm just really excited about this podcast. How about you? Yeah, so am I. I am too. Um, Before we jump into that, have you ever had a serious shop injury? You know, nothing serious. Uh, I've had some close calls, but uh, fortunately, I was able to just just, just scrape by there. (laughs) Hopefully, it wasn't a bad scrape. (laughs) It's just a scratch. Yeah. Lots of minor injuries on my side. I've always got band-aids on my fingers. Uh, I did have a case of uh, kickback a month or so ago, first time ever. Um, I was standing off to the side, so it just basically shot right by me out into the driveway, but <laughs> happened super fast. And I knew what happened after it happened, but it's just like everyone says, it's just like, wham, the board's gone. And what happened? Yeah, it happens faster than you can even realize that that it that it happened. <laughs> yep. Well, today our guest, Joe from Shepherd's Workbench, actually did have an accident, and we were able to get him onto the podcast to talk a little bit about what actually happened. That's right, and it's just one part of a great conversation we had together. It was a really good time getting to know him better. Um, I don't know about you, Jake, but I kind of feel like the conversation started out like a formal question-answer type interview. And then just slowly digressed into three tools goofing off. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And with that, let's dive into our conversation with Joe. They can figure out where you've been, mm-hmm. track every movement. <laughs> What's that thing they say? It's like, yeah, uh, I'm not going to have an FBI uh, tap on my phone and say, hey, FBI tap, can you turn the lights on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google. Yeah, <laughs> wait. I, I still laugh thinking about there was a a news or a news broadcast in Washington that like said how uh, a girl went on Alexa to buy. Um, oh my, Alexa's about to go. Off, went on there to buy a dollhouse, <laughs> and then they broadcast it as a news story. And the dollhouse was like an eight hundred dollar dollhouse that ordered on Amazon. Oh and yeah. And when they did the news story. Like 400 people in, in the greater Washington area bought the same Dow house. It was nuts. Like, because all of their Alexa devices went off. Ah, uh, that's awesome. It was hysterical. Um, do you know John, John Hodgman? No. No one knows John Hodgman. I have all these great references to this guy. Sorry. I, I'm, well, like, I'm, just, I, I'm one of those people who doesn't them. remember the names. I, I'm going to like, if you showed me a picture of him, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know that dude. <laughs> okay, you know, you remember the Mac and PC commercials? Oh, yes. Okay, Justin Long was yes. Mac, John Hodgman was PC. Right. Um, he's older now, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a podcast called Judge John Hodgman, <laughs> where he rules on <laughs> on various things, uh, people's disputes that oh, man. are definitely not, not worth disputing, but it's quite amusing. But one thing they always do on there is whenever something comes up where they mention... Siri, uh, 
Yeah, they always do something like, you know, hey, Siri, play Huey Lewis in the news or something like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sports. great. All right. So let's just start over. So I was having trouble with my mic. And then somebody, one of you guys joked about something because I saw you laughing because I could hear nothing. So, well, yeah, we were making fun of you. You couldn't hear us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, you. Did you, you guys call me in. a tool? <laughs> totally a tool. Yeah. Yeah. You well. You sh- also you showed up. We were waiting for you, and you you popped on, and then you left the room. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> oh, he's here, and there he goes. <laughs> Gone. 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 Yeah, Sean. I mean, you always ask the first question. First question. So, Joe. First of all, it's great to have you on. Yeah, it's good to um, be here. You're our first guest, so we don't know how to do this. So we hope you do. <laughs> Sure, I can figure it out, I think. Awesome. Um, So first of all, why don't you tell us, uh, what what is your YouTube channel? So my YouTube channel is Shepherd's Workbench. Okay. Yeah. And that's a uh, side hustle for you, right? Yeah. So I'm actually a full-time youth pastor in uh, central Illinois. And um, I started doing Shepherd's Workbench as an LLC probably... Six years ago, um, I started it when I was actually in college. Um, I, uh, my dad, well, I grew up, my dad was a businessman through and through. And so he was one of those guys that could afford to buy all the tools, but didn't necessarily have the know-how to do fix everything. But he always had a buddy, like he hit new, had a guy for everything. So if, <laughs> if something was getting fixed, he's like going to send I've got a guy. Yeah. He's got a guy. Oh, I'm, I, a I guy. can't tell you how many times I've heard that from my fathers. Oh no, no, no I don't. I got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. But like he would, it would always be, yeah, it'd always be like, Hey, Frank's coming over to fix this. And so, uh, Joe, you're going to sit and help him, you know, or if he had a friend who was a mechanic, so he'd send the car and one of his children to go learn how to f- do an engine swap, you know? So I grew up learning a lot of that stuff. And then when I got to college, um, I had a landlord who I really needed an apartment. I was trying to move out of the dorms and he's like, oh, well, I have this apartment. It needs a lot of, it needs some repairs. But I was like, hey, I'll fix it if you give me a discount on rent. He's like, yeah, sure. So I like went to Lowe's. I bought a bunch of tools and uh, watched a ton of YouTube to learn how to fix it. And then started trying to my hand at building furniture and then Friends of mine came to me and asked me to start building stuff for them. And then I put like ads on Craigslist <laughs> for <laughs> custom furniture. And I got some some customers who I wish I could call them and redo some of the things <laughs> that I made for them. But, um, but yeah, and then it kind of just grew from there. And everywhere I moved, I kind of continued doing it. And um, Shepherd Workbench kind of took off. But I saw... Um, I started YouTube originally to um, be kind of a portfolio to show people what I was capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just send them a video and say, hey, here's something similar that I did. You know, what do you like about it? What do you don't like about it? We can change certain things, whatever. Um, but then it kind of started to grow where I was, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a small channel still, but I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe this could be, you know, something I do on purpose, you know, not just, just as a showcase, but right. something to do as a YouTuber, you know, a content creator. So that was my COVID project because I do a lot of video production for, for my job. So I was like, well, Hey, I already know how to do it. So I might as well do it for fun too. So. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you got into furniture too. I feel like that's kind of a, uh, uh, 
stepping stone, I guess, for a lot of woodworkers is they go from DIY to actually making a piece of furniture. So do you yeah. remember what that first piece was? Uh, it was a bookcase and it was made out okay. of all construction grade lumber. Um, oh man, that's worth a fortune now. Oh yeah, I know. I could have sold <laughs> that thing and bought Probably myself worth. another house. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was rent for weeks. Oh, uh, it and it was great because like the the lady who bought it from me, uh, I think I charged her like 180 bucks for it, and it was all like custom designed to where she wanted all of these certain depths of shelves and certain face frames. But like I uh-huh. made the face frame out of like a one by three, so she had like a two inch overhang. <laughs> Oh man! Her, like oh, dude, it was it was so bad. But then she called me again and asked, wanted me to build her a dining room table. So I was like, okay, I must not have done that bad. Whoa! <laughs> so and the, but the dining room table wasn't any better. It was four by four legs with two by four apron and then a plywood top that I took a Roman OG bit and went around the plywood and had exposed <laughs> plywood edge. Dude, it was it was not good. Which was one of those reasons where I'm like, I wish she'd call me so I could actually make her something that was worth her money. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> mm. no, but I mean, then, then I didn't know how to price anything. I didn't know how to how, like what I was doing, but something I guess I was doing right. So, <laughs> isn't that weird though? You're like when you're trying to price something like that for someone, you're almost like worried about offending them with the price. Yeah, I had a a mentor of mine. um, He owns like three or four remodeling companies. And he said, the only person that's scared about the price is you as the maker. He's like, you know what you're worth. You know what your time and effort is going to, what's going to cost you. He said, charge them what you think your, your, your time is worth. And he said, if they don't like it, cool. Like there'll be somebody else that will pay that. So. Right. That's actually really good advice too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, it's good to remember too, like, well, you know, the worst that'll happen is they'll say no. Right. They're like, oh, 180 bucks? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had a guy, I was doing, a, I was hanging cabinets for him in his kitchen. And this was again, really early on. Uh, I think I charged him 250 bucks. I went to Home Depot. I picked up all his cabinets in my truck, drove him to his oh, house. Man unloaded all of them by myself and hung all the cabinets by myself. And I only charged him 250 bucks. And by the time I was done, he's like 250 bucks. That's kind of high. And I was like, well, I was like, either you, (laughs) you, I was like, pay me or I'm going to bring your cabinets back to the store. He's like, no, I don't don't think I'm going to pay you 250 bucks. So I walked over and started taking the cabinets down. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Well then like halfway through the first cab, he's like, all right, all right, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. So, oh, man. and then I walked away. I was like, dude, 250 bucks. That's nothing for hanging cabinets in a kitchen. Oh, man. Geez. So I have not really a super similar story, <laughs> but, um, like one of my first jobs, I was a dishwasher at a, a local restaurant and, uh, to make a little extra money on top of that. Cause again, it was just a dishwasher. I was mowing lawns, mm-hmm. kind of stereotypical first job, you know, first business mowing lawns. <laughs> well, the owner of this restaurant uh, wanted the restaurant lawn mowed. So I started mowing that and he had some rental properties. So I started mowing those, mowed his house, of course. Well, I couldn't drive. So my dad was driving me and dropping me off at all these mowing jobs. So he'd drive me out there, drop me off. I'd mow. Well, after... I don't really know how long, a couple of weeks or months of, of doing this. He was like, yeah, here's the deal. So if, if I'm going to keep doing this, you got to pay me for gas. I'm like, okay, well, that's fair. That's pretty reasonable. So I went to this guy and was like, hey, um, I'm going to 
up my rates a little bit because I got to cover my dad's gas. That was, I never did a job after that moment. He basically fired me on the spot oh, and gosh. said that he thought that, uh, you know, really my dad should cover that as, as part of, oh, you know, gosh. Um, him helping me, you know, have a job or have my own business or something like that. Jeez. And what, what, what were you charging for lawn? Oh man, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, probably, probably not enough. I, I, I can't only, imagine it was very much. The only thing that could make that story better is if you were loading the lawnmower in the back of a sedan and had like the trunk halfway open the whole time you're driving or something. <laughs> no, we did. Have, it was a trailer, and we pulled it with a jeep. But oh god, uh, that's that's better. <laughs> man, I don't think I charged that guy very much. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple hundred bucks comes to mind, but I think that that was you know all the lawns together, right. and Dang. so even at what fourteen still wasn't a lot of money for like mm-hmm. a week's worth of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah. They're out there. You'll always find those people. I mean, no matter what, like I've had, I've had people where I've quoted them. Um, like I had a, a lady who I just built a um, bed for her. It was a full size loft bed with a side, like um, little like book nook area. That was also lofted. And mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, it's going to be like 1400 bucks. And she's like, well, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. I was like, I was like, listen, here's my material cost. I was like, and I charge, you know, $400 a day is usually what I'm trying to get. I was like, right. so I was like, then that's pretty standard rate. So, I mean, that's, that's why it's costing that much. And she's like, okay, that makes sense. You know, all right, I'll pay for it. But when you tell them the number right up, right up the bat, they're like, that's crazy. And it's like, well. I, mean, I, I think like, some people get a little get thrown it. off because they go to, let's say, um, we have Art Van up here, but whatever furniture store. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go in there and they see how expensive furniture is. And it's like, well, it's not that complicated. I'm sure someone could make this. And they find mm-hmm. you on Facebook or wherever. Like, yeah. oh, this guy, he can probably do this for like half the price. Like, well, actually. <laughs> or, or the worst is like there's an Ikea within an hour from here. And they're like, well, this is probably like, you know, 40 bucks at Ikea. And I was like, well, if you want me to make it out of particle board, sure. I'll, I'll make it for you for 40 bucks. I was like, but you're asking me to make it out of solid walnut boards. Not going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. No for forty dollars, I'll just go to IKEA and pick it up for <laughs> buy you. it and give it to you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a, actually, I'll just make sure you cover my gas. So yeah, <laughs> IKEA is kind of far, so yeah, it'd have to be forty dollars plus gas. Yeah, about an hour, hour or so drive. Oh man, yeah, they're yeah. out there. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, you'll never escape it, but that's commission work for sure. Yeah, it helps to my wife too. She's she does interior design. Mm. And most of her clients <clears throat> typically are wealthy because that's usually the only people that can afford someone to decorate their house. Right. But it's the same way. She'll mm-hmm. prepare a budget and they're like, whoa, where is this? Where's all this money going? And you go through it line by line and it's like, okay, yeah, this, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's where it all goes. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. all I do see is the big number. And I'm, But mm-hmm. I've also had clients who like I... Um, I, I had a, a guy who had like four or five rental properties and he was had a bunch, a little list of each house and what he wanted me to do. And I told him what I was charging. He's like, dude, you're not charging enough. He's like for, you know, I was charging 30 bucks an hour doing handyman stuff. He's like, you should be charging at least 45 or 50. He's like, I'm not going to pay you that little. So, and he paid me more than I asked. So it's like they're on both sides of the spectrum, but 
Yeah. You kind of just got to take it as it comes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, one I- thing I've had to deal with is like as someone who does DIY myself, <laughs> I have a really hard time hiring other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done pretty much everything uh, to the house, like, you know, on my own or, or, you know, obviously with my wife's health and whatever. But um, yeah, the experimenting with that right now, we're getting the house painted. So I'm hiring someone to do that because I hate painting. Yeah. But yeah, that sticker shock where you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I could go buy a sprayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i hate painting too and that's why i bought a whole ho- like a house sprayer I, I bought like the wagner control pro 130 it was like 200 uh-huh. bucks but we were painting an entire room and i was like oh yeah i would pay that 200 dollars again in our heartbeat that thing was yeah so much nicer the, than rolling the it. greco like true spray or whatever that yeah. is handheld gun thing um that thing's pretty sweet mm-hmm. uh, for spraying a room yeah um but yeah, spraying a house, it gets a little different. And yes, it does. <laughs> I kept looking at it. And I was like, oh man, I bet it's going to, you know, whatever it's going to cost. I wonder, mm-hmm. and but maybe I could do it. <laughs> then I started looking at areas where I'm like, well, if I mess it up, yeah. am I going to go back and fix it? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> I've driven my wife crazy <laughs> with a lot of those things. It's like, hey, you ever going to fix that door handle that you put in Crooked? It's like, oh yeah, one day. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> ne- next time. Yeah, next time. <laughs> next time I fix something, maybe. <laughs> Whenever I get to yeah. I'll do it. Joe, I know recently you were helping somebody with a deck. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. How, how did that go? Uh, not well. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so I was doing this deck, and I had I had it budgeted for like five days. Um, I had some help with me. Um, but that five day deadline came and went. And, uh, I think part of it was I hired a couple of, uh, students to help me and I, I couldn't ask them to use the saw, which later on in the story, we'll find out why Uh, I couldn't ask them to use the saw. So really I was just like, I was like, Hey, give me some measurements and I'll cut everything. And then we were putting stuff in. I had to like take 10 minutes to show them how to do it. And then they did it and they worked great. Like they were they worked hard, but they just didn't know how to do half the stuff. So that was a huge like stopping in my timeline. Well, then like I kept going back with a friend of mine and I was just in a hurry to get this deck done. I was just trying to get it done. I was like, I want to be done with this deck. I want to get paid and be out, you know? And, uh, I was cutting a deck board and I had a miter. And so I had my speed square. I was holding it on the deck board and had the circular saw running along the speed square. Um, but I bought a new circular saw and the blades on the right side of the motor. And so that big motor sticks out and you can't pass the, the circular saw over the, the, the speed square. So I had to move the speed square on the opposite side. So I had kept my left hand on the, to the left of the, the blade and I'm going. And all of a sudden, again, I was in a huge hurry. That speed square started to fall and I just reacted and reached over trying to grab the speed square that was on the blade side of the circular saw and underneath the deck board, my fingers caught the blade and I heard the blade just jump. And I kind of like stepped back and was like, what the heck just happened? And then looked over at my hand and realized two of my fingers were gone. Uh, Oh (laughs) man. Uh, You could see like it cut right above that second knuckle on my middle finger and they were able to reta- reattach my middle finger, but I've got two metal pins 
that go from the tip of my finger down to my middle knuckle. And I have to keep them in there for like 10 weeks because they had to like graft the bone and all this crazy oh, stuff. But yeah, I literally like saw my fingers were gone. I grabbed my hand. I was like, hey, can you call me an ambulance? Like my fingers <laughs> are cut off. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Like he didn't believe me at first. And then he looked down and saw the blood on my pants. And he's like, oh my gosh, okay, like we got this. You know, oh, it was... It was bad. And the, the uh, ambulance had the wrong address. And so it took them like oh, 20 no. minutes to get there. And we were out oh, in the middle man. of nowhere. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh. Yeah, uh, it was nuts. No, good. no. So like by the time I got to the ambulance, the adrenaline had already worn off. I was in starting to feel a lot of pain and it was uh, not pleasant. And, and it wasn't a 40 minute drive from where I was at to the nearest hospital too. So, <laughs> I mean... From when I cut my fingers off to when I got to the hospital, it was probably about an hour or close to an hour and then another 30 minutes in the hospital before I got pain meds. So, it, was, it was a lot of fun, oh, let me tell you. It was a riveting experience. <laughs> so, was it like clean cut all the way off? Oh, no. Of no. So, like what, what they compared it to is like when if a butcher were to take a meat cleaver and like cut a finger that that would be a clean cut. It'd be straight through. Um, but because of the carbide teeth in the circular saw blade, it just chews it up. So Mm -hmm. my finger was actually fractured from the tip almost all the way down to my hand because of the vibration. And it was like, I mean, I'll, I don't want to show you the pictures because they're pretty gruesome, but it looked like hamburger meat when it was, went through because those carbide teeth as they came through it took more off every single time and it, right. i mean it was a brand new blade and everything like that but, but just the nature and the design of it it just demolished what was left of my fingers so that's why wow. i couldn't reattach my middle finger because there just wasn't enough of it to put back so <laughs> wow yeah it but was the ring finger yeah like you said reattach. So does that mean the tip was not there and you had to like so locate it? It was on. It was okay. It was hanging on just by the skin. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. Hanging on by a thread. Yeah, hanging on by a thread. <laughs> but it, what the cool part is, like not to get like super gruesome, but like it cut when it cut my middle finger, it cut it like on an angle. So there was it looked like a big scoop had been taken out of my bone. Um they actually cut the bone off of my middle finger in like chunks and they put it in my ring finger um, in order to bridge the gap because, because of the saw blade had kind of taken out so much of my bone, they had to replace it with something. So they replaced it with bone from my middle finger in order to create like a bridge for the two pieces of bone to reconnect. It's cool how that worked out, but, but yeah, that was uh, interesting for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that sucks, man. It does. The... I mean, it's it's been a lot of pain. I mean, I've, it's been two weeks now since that happened. So it's been, I'm finally getting to the point where I'm off the pain meds and I go see my doctor next week um, again to get stitches and stuff out. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I this week I was just telling Jake before we started recording, I just got back into the shop a little bit this week and made myself a wooden mallet. So I was like, super apprehensive and turning on any power tools. So I like, <laughs> if I could figure out a way to use a hand plane instead of, instead of a table saw, I was, I was in, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. So, all right. So help us learn like what, what would, what would you have done different? So I think the biggest thing I would have done was the fact that I wasn't present minded. 
I was more worried about getting the deck done than what I was doing at the, was the task at hand. Um, I was just in such a hurry that I wasn't focused on what I was actually doing. And I think that was part of the problem because then when something like that was falling, had I been focused on the fact that I'm using a very dangerous tool, I would not have tried to catch a speed square because a plastic speed square can be replaced for 10 bucks, you know, like yeah. your fingers oh, cannot. Yeah. So, um, so I think, I think that was the biggest, the biggest thing was like, <clears throat> Hey, you're using something that's, that is dangerous focus for 10 seconds and finish your cut. And then we can worry about the deck later, you know, or, or the project or whatever it is. I mean, any, any tool in the, the shop. I mean, that's one of the reasons why saw stop is, making so much money right now is because there's been so many times where, you know, you turn on a table saw 10,000 times, you know, you're not even thinking about it at that point. It's muscle memory. But mm-hmm. when you're in a point where you're not thinking about it, that's when accidents happen and yeah. you're not paying attention. So I yeah. think that was the biggest thing is I just, I should have been focused on the task at hand rather than. Okay. Yeah. Well that coupled, of, yeah. Like you said, that coupled with, just you, the way that your your brain reacts to, you know, so solving a problem at hand, which was yeah. something was falling. You yeah. catch it. If something yep. falls, you catch it. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's something we've probably all done. You've mm-hmm. reached to grab something that's falling and maybe you've stopped yourself in time, but uh, it's, it's crazy how that works, how quickly your brain takes over. Yes. Just goes for it. So, and now, and that was the thing is like, it's the only thing that would have altered that happening would be if I was focused on that and realized that that thing falling wasn't that big of a deal. But I mean, how many times you knock something off your desk, you know, and you immediately just reach to catch it, you know, like it's like not even a thought. Uh So it just, it was just a total impulse reaction and I lost fingers for it. So, man. Well, we're glad you're on the mend. Yes, I am glad to. It's it's good to kind of start getting plenty of feeling back and things like that. So, yeah, and getting back in the shop too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good because I've I know I've heard of people who've had accidents and you know haven't been able to go back in the shop for a long time. Just you have that <laughs> kind of I guess it's fear in your mind, you yeah. know. Um, and so that's tough to get over for sure. Yeah, my sister came to visit with my parents like a couple days afterwards. My sister's like, so you're selling all your woodworking tools, right? And I was like, yeah, nah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's how Jonathan Katz Moses got his saw stop. Oh, really? He, yeah. He bought it yeah. on Craigslist and he's like, yeah, the dude set it off. His wife freaked out and made him get rid of everything. So now I got wow. it. <laughs> If anything, so, I'd have been like, that's why I bought it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, that's why I spent, you know, a second mortgage on a table saw. So, yes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, did yeah. your students totally flip out or what? Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, they were, well, first, they all wanted to see the pictures. Like, that was, that was the first thing. They're like, could you do <laughs> the pictures of, like, of it? Because, because, I mean, for the first week, I had it in, like, this long gauze cast. So, like, mm-hmm. nothing was there. Um, but. Uh, what was funny was like, I was making jokes about it. Like even in the hospital, I was joking with the doctor. I like telling her, I was, I was like, Oh, we should, you should send that finger to somebody and have a note that says like, send us $10,000 or you'll get more fingers, you know, something like, like some stuff like that. And, uh, or like she was wrapping my hand up and 
she's like, where, where are your fingertips? And I was like, I don't know. It's changed recently. <laughs> you know, like so I, I was like having a good time messing around. And every time I made a joke about me missing fingers, like all my students were like, are we, are we allowed to laugh at that? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it was a lot of them were kind of like, Oh, we're glad you're okay. You know, like, do you have any pictures? And then, and they're like, then, then they like, I could tell they were making jokes about it, but just not in front of me. So then I was like, all right, I just gotta steer into the skid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's next? Um, <clears throat> so one of the topics Jake and I talked about is, is design inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw that cool cross you did and that mallet. I think I saw that mallet on Instagram. It looks amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so like, like Jake and I haven't even talked about this yet, but like it, people, inspiration strikes people differently in different places. So mm-hmm. like, do you tell me an example of how inspiration has reached you? Like, were you looking for it or did you just see something and you were like, yeah, that's what I got to do. So, uh, with the cross, um, it was actually, I made one several years ago um, when I was getting married. Um, we we loved the idea of doing like a, a way of communicating the message of well, we are both united in Christ, but in mm-hmm. the Bible it says you know when when you two get married they become one, and so we wanted something that was going to symbolize that, and so everything we like saw on Etsy or on in, online like just wasn't exactly what we were looking for, so I kind of drew up this the design for that. Uh, I mean, it was, and it was based off several other like cross ideas that I saw. Um, um, so I kind of combined a lot of them in order to kind of create that. And when I did, like I ended up making two or three more, but a lot of times it's, it, 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 it kind of just falls in your lap. Most times I found like, yep. I, 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 I love going to like antique mall, like a little like antique shops. Um, we have a huge like antique mall right down the street from our house. And sometimes I'll go in there and see something cool and I'm, I'm taking pictures of it. So I'm like, oh, I can make this when I get home, you know, kind of thing. And, <laughs> you know, or like, Hey, if we ever, you know, want a dresser, like I should make one like this one, you know? And, um, and so, I mean, like there's, it, it again, it, like it, it falls in your lap. Like I watch tons of YouTube, like most people I would like to believe, but I probably have a problem, but I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. I think if you have a YouTube channel, <laughs> yeah. that's oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> indicative of, of your addiction. It's like, yeah. wow, he's watched so much YouTube. He's like, I, oh. I, I can't watch anyone else's YouTube anymore. I need to just create my own content now. <laughs> well, and and like, I, I, I don't watch TV, but I watch a lot of YouTube, like a lot of like other makers and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I'll see something and I'm like, oh, I want to recreate that. But one of the things that I, I know for myself is I never will recreate something exactly the way it was. Like mm-hmm. if I saw somebody like I've, I've watched like probably 15 mallet videos before I made mine, but I was like, I like that. That's a cool idea, but I don't like the other parts of the, the mallet they did. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm making the mallet. And, and a lot of times too, you have to work with the piece of wood, what it wants to do, especially with grain direction and, and all of those other things, depending on what your selection is. Like, you have to kind of make those adjustments on the fly. And so it, it really is, it, it really kind of comes out of nowhere for the most part. Uh, I wish I had a better answer for that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's good. And I think that's the same yeah. thing for all of us is you will have that idea in your head or, you know, wake up in the morning or maybe even in the middle of the night, you're like, Oh my gosh, 
I need to write this down. Yeah. I I have this little like book that I got from Walmart. It's full of like, it's like dotted paper, but I carry Uh, this thing with me everywhere. And if I just get an idea or I see something cool that I like and I'm sitting there drawing and grafting stuff out and like taking ideas of measurements or, you know, whatever. And then so I can do, do it later in SketchUp, but it's, it's something that's just like snapping a picture, drawing it out and kind of having that ideas, you know, yeah, really going for it, you know? Yep. I've got a folder on my phone that's full of pictures, that, <laughs> you know, just snap something and, you know, maybe I want to build that one day. And yeah. I, a couple of items I actually have, thankfully. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking through your Instagram now. I see you did a dice tower a while back. Yeah. Uh, that was a present for my brother-in-law and that one was um, a shot in the dark. I was, I've never built one before, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll try to make something cool. Like I have like half a dice tower made. That's actually <laughs> what's on my bench. Oh, <laughs> uh, no kidding. Yeah. You didn't ask that today, Sean. So it's like I, your opening question every single time. That'll be the <laughs> intro like, that we record later. I, <laughs> I got some good answers <laughs> for this one today. <laughs> I know. Usually it's nothing. Trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the junk I didn't put away that. last week, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Are you filming it, Jake? Well, I did. I did actually. I I made it a long time ago or <laughs> where, where it is now, at least. Okay. I was saying um, you did say it was a half one. So you had made half of it a long time ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So this inspiration thing we we're just talking about and I was listening to Because We Make. Um, my friends over there, uh, and they, they were doing the, um, I guess it was their contest, Christmas contest or unwrap a gift challenge or something, uh, which was for Christmas, but in January. And so they, one of the guys had made a dice tower and I was like, Oh, that actually, for some reason just clicked in my brain and I, I saw it in my head how I could make it. And I was thinking that would be really fun to make. I'm going to go make that. Why do I need a dice tower? <laughs> do I, I mean, we love playing board games, but I was I went through all my games like actually looking for dice. We have no games that have dice in them. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I found one game and it had like some, uh, you know, a die with like different colors. Um, <laughs> So that was the only die I had just to make sure like I got the dimensions right. So it actually would fit through and not get stuck in there. Oh man. Um, but part of the inspiration too, is I thought I've got this hickory. I'm going to learn how to resaw it. So I resawed this hickory, oh, got no. down to like quarter inch and um, made this box and angles and I, nothing, nothing went wrong, Sean. I, I know you're hoping <laughs> for a better end of that story, but. Well, I know hickory is um, hard. If that's the first thing you're going to try to resaw, you could find some issues, but it sounds <laughs> yeah. like you rammed it through. Hickory, I really like hickory. You know, it, it's really hard, but it machines really well. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think just because it's so hard. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it turned out really, really good. Um, a few issues with how I glued everything up. Um, but then I got distracted, did something else, and <laughs> now it's in a pile of pieces and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll finish it. Maybe not. That was the hardest thing I did when I did my dice tower was, was getting the glue up right. Cause I had two, 
I had two angles at the top, but then I also had another one at the bottom in yep. order to spit the dice out. And it was uh-huh. like trying to get all of them in the right spot was just nuts. Well, I did it backwards the first time. So I had, <laughs> I had them on there and I had my angles. I had figured it out. I was like, this is how I want to do it. So I put some glue on the pieces and set them down. I was trying to figure out how to actually hold it into place. Um, and there actually is a picture of this on my Instagram. I used a paint can as a clamp, um, but I got everything <laughs> in there, times. went to put the, the last piece on and I was looking at it I'm like something is wrong here. And it, basically I had like, I, mean, I can't describe it, but you know, the, the bottom one was sort of backwards. So it like wouldn't, it would have gotten stuck in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no, so I ripped it apart real quick, <laughs> cleaned it off, flipped some parts around and then, yeah, paint canned it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it seems fine. I, the, the part that isn't finished besides some sanding, uh, rounding over some edges and stuff like that, I milled enough hickory to make a box for it to fit inside of. So that you could like pack some dice in the dice tower in a box of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you set it up, it'd also be in a box so the dice wouldn't shoot across the table, which is kind of the whole point of a dice tower to begin with. Um, if it's okay for them to shoot across the room, you just throw them. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why waste time making this tower? That's right. See, I, I wanted to build that like, cause I looked at the Wormwood dice towers. I don't know if you guys ever heard yeah. of those, but those are like yep. super nice. And I was like, Oh, I should build a box to go around it. But the problem was I had, I was using rough sawn Walnut when I was making it and I had to hand mill it all. Cause I didn't have my own planer. So it was all like super like, rough sawn and I got it all milled down, got it all cut and re-sawn and all of that stuff. And I made the dice tower. You mean you used hand planes? Yes. Lots and lots of hand planes. Multiple times I had to sharpen the blade. It was rough, man. And, and like, and I did it all without, without a vice. So I don't know how that worked out, but by the time I built the dice tower, I realized I didn't mill up enough to make the box. I was like, that's it. We're doing it out of leather. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that adds to it the uh, the leather on there. It looks awesome. Yeah, I ended up making it to where the bottom is actually hollowed out, so you can stick dice in there, and then when you put the yeah. bottom cap on there, it keeps the dice inside. And I actually bought him a set of copper dice to go with it because it was a Christmas present. So then I had the dice that he was going to use for this on hand, which was crucial. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Mm. Well, Jake, you need to film yours and Joe, you need to do another and film it yes. because of, of all my videos, the ones that are specifically furniture related do the best. Really? But for whatever reason, my dice tower is right there with them. Hmm. And the weird thing is when I look at the analytics, like it's not being suggested for my other videos. Like people are searching for DIY dice tower. Wow. Yeah. So, huh. yeah. I guess I'll have to make another one. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> Right. We're just going to have Dice Tower channels. Yeah, there you go. Right. This is the Dice Tower. <laughs> well, yeah. I do have some awesome spalted sycamore that would look pretty cool as a Dice Tower. Nice. So, off yeah. Oh, room. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'll finish filming it or, or not. Um, you could set to, it on fire. I could. I, I could have a Dice Tower fire. Hey, I had one of those cutting board <laughs> fires not the other night. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Could have some cherries. We're going to start this. Yeah. (laughs) But here in Florida, the only time we have the fire is when we want something pretty. 
<laughs> it's just too hot to be yeah. around fire. Yeah. Jake, Jake, any other discussion on inspiration and how it finds you? It finds me at work all the time. Usually (laughs) (laughs) when you're being paid to do something else, it's like, Hey, I need to go and, you know, and fill out this, uh, you know, this Kappa or whatever report. And I go to sit down it already. Oh, you know what? If I took that piece, I betcha I could make a jig to hold it in this orientation and make this. I wonder if that, no, that wouldn't work. But I know, nope, that <laughs> half hour I goes should, by. <laughs> I should probably draw this in CAD real quick. Just to make sure. <laughs> that happens to me all the time now because I, I just bought a 3D printer and I haven't set it up yet. So I'm thinking of like all of the things I could 3D print. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, you know what? I bet you I could 3D print that part, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, <clears throat> and then I go on this whole tangent. I'm like, Yep, it's been um, it's been some time that I've spent here. Looks like I'm working a little later than I originally planned. So, oh, Joe, you just inspired me again. Oh no, <laughs> I've been working on <laughs> I've been working on a video or a video about things you could 3D print for the wood shop. Oh yeah, and I wrote out a script and everything, and I printed out a bunch of stuff. And I was just in the shop earlier, kind of messing with some things, and I was like, this isn't this isn't that cool. Oh, I think and it's you're talking about 3D awesome. printing for the witch. Like, okay, maybe it is cool. I it have is another cool. idea and how a different take on how I can do it. Hundred percent. Well, um, I mean, uh, you guys ever watched uh, Shop Nation? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he does guy. 3D printing jigs and router templates and all kinds of stuff. Or even um, Alex Champel, I think is I'm butchering his last name. He's from like the Netherlands, and he makes furniture out of 3D printing parts. So he'll take like wooden dowels and like print 3d connectors uh plastic connectors to connect all the dowels and make a stool out of it like he even made a he made a scooter out of dowels and like flat pieces with 3d printed connector parts that runs on a drill so like nice drill let's our drill powered scooter and all made from like wood and 3d parts which is super cool so i'm like to have a 3d printer for you know 250 bucks i think is what i paid for mine that that sounds like a great investment. Which one did you get? Uh, I got the Ender Three Pro. Okay, I have the Creality. Ender Five Pro. The Ender Five Pro. Okay, yeah, <laughs> two levels up. I don't yeah. think they made an Ender Four. To be honest, <laughs> I think they skipped four. Probably. <laughs> That's the well, one I have. The, the, Ender, have the 4. Ender Four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that doesn't exist. Yeah, the one that doesn't exist. <laughs> get with the times, Sean. You need a three D printer. <laughs> I use my friends to print it and I just put Ender 4 on it. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Sean has a CNC machine though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't have one of those. He's already ahead of us there. Although I did find out that the Ender, the Ender series, you can get an attachment with a laser on yeah. it and you can laser engrave wooden pieces, yep. which I bought that too. That was like 50 bucks. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't I'm, have that. I, I have a $50 laser that, is made out of, out of old CD drives. Oh. I got it on Amazon <laughs> for 50 bucks. <laughs> if you stick I a CD in there, you can listen to Chris Daughtry again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that guy. <clears throat> Everybody has. <laughs> ah, well, life is ruined. I remembered him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. 
It's I, at least I could have said Nickelback, so we didn't at least go there. So hey, the most hated band, but they're one of the highest paid. So that's very true. They figured it out the game. Yeah. So uh, should we dive into like our rec- our tools of the week? Yeah, we can do that. Sean, you go um, first. All right. <clears throat> so I got a little backstory on this one. Um, the the tool I want to recommend is a Leatherman, and uh, I'm on my third different style. Um, you pulling yours out right now, Joe? Very yeah. nice. What, which one is that? The Wave the, Plus. Okay. I'm. I've got the uh, Wingman right now. I had that um, too. So this past weekend, um, I did a father son getaway with my youngest. Um, he's uh, ten. He's going to be entering manhood in the next few years. So we did our father son getaway where we talk about awkward things and answer awkward questions. <laughs> Um, but it was fantastic. But, uh, what we did with, uh, him and my older son a few years ago is is we got them a Leatherman, uh, with their name engraved on it and a Bible verse and like the the year that we gave it to him. So, um, you know, there's some sentimental value as well to Leathermans in our family, but, um, the reason I want to recommend it is that it's, um, you know, just kind of what they advertise. It's always ready for whatever you need. Um, I was, uh, a long time ago, I was going to a friend's house to do some water skiing and, in, in Tampa Bay. And I get there and the, it's a boat with the, um, inboard outboard style. So like the big engine covering is off the boat and you can see the big giant Ford V8 in there. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, I thought we were going to go skiing today. He's like, yeah, the serpentine belt, shredded my brother's off to the store to go get a new one i'm like okay well where's the old one he's like oh it's over there in the yard i'm like oh so you just pulled it off and threw it away huh and he's like yeah and i said do you remember how it goes on and he looks at me like oh no (laughs) because there's at least four or five different pulleys that you have to route this thing through Mm -hmm. you know because you don't want one of those going the wrong direction so long story short, we did end up getting it back on correctly, but all we had was like one wrench in my Leatherman and we were able to, you know, <laughs> get the serpentine belt back on this boat and crank it. And it ran <laughs> the first time. Oh man. <laughs> What's funny we got is it you on... took mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of multi-tools and Leatherman is by far the best. It's got uh, the best warranty program. I had a Leatherman Wingman for probably five or six years. I dropped it in the street once and it got run over by multiple cars. The pocket clip just got demolished and I sent it to Leatherman and they replaced it for free. Like no questions asked. They have the best warranty program I've ever had. I mean, even compared to Gerber and the other ones and Mm -hmm. it was way, way better. That's very cool. Yeah, I've um, I like the wingman because you can get out the blade and the scissors without opening it all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, the surge is the same way. The surge is my favorite because it's it's a little bigger. Yeah, uh, it's kind of expensive though. <clears throat> yeah, I got the wave the wave plus, and the reason why I got it is so like I have this little EDC pouch that I made. So oh, it's yeah. got like a spot for keys my leatherman i got a flashlight on there and a a little polka pen but that'll be my tool of the week but um 
but I got the Leatherman Plus just because I like the uh, the screwdriver with the interchangeable bit. Mm-hmm. So, and I bought the bit kit with it. And so wherever I'm at, I have like, you know, Allen keys and Phillips head, flathead. Uh, they have like a quarter inch size wrench too. So mm-hmm. I, uh, that's why I upgraded to the, to way I'm going to do hate the fact that the scissors have to like, you have to fold it out in order to get the scissors out. But this had like the benefit of this one too, is like, there's a serrated blade on this side flip it over there's a, a flat blade on this side yeah then you've got the file and the uh the saw which i've used many times camping so yep the extra tools do come in handy yeah you, sean you said right before we ended that you were going to share another Leatherman story for us i can i'll make it quick since jake is back all right um uh, so we have a minivan and it has, uh, I, I installed one of those hitches on the back so we could do the bike carrier and all that. It's got some weird rain cover thingy mm-hmm. that goes along the bottom. Big, big plastic looking thing. I think it's purely cosmetic. So we were on a road trip, uh, heading to Georgia somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. And I start hearing this awful scraping noise come from the back of the car. It sounded like someone rolled down all the windows super fast, but even louder. <laughs> I turn around to look at the boys and they look at me like, what? It's not us. <laughs> and <laughs> so I knew right away what had happened. So I pulled over, looked underneath and sure enough, that plastic thing had come partially loose, but the front, which filled with air and just came up, you know, turned into a basically little parachute under the car. Mm. And it just pushed itself down into the interstate. So, of course, all I have is my Leatherman. I could not get the plastic screws out. So, out came the blade and I just cut the thing away. Thankfully, it was soft enough. I could just slice through it. But mm. hmm. once again, Leatherman to the rescue. Yep. Got a as, far as, I, as far as I know, that big giant piece of plastic is still on the side of the road somewhere in <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> oh, that's where they come from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't I, pick it up on the way home. I, I have my Leatherman every day and I somehow find a way to use it every day. So. Oh man. I me miss too. my pocket knife guys. <laughs> Making me miss it. <laughs> it's worth it, man. I am telling you. No, I, well, I had one. Um, I was never a pocket knife guy. Then my brother-in-law bought me some whatever pocket knife and I carried it around a little bit. It was nice to have, but it didn't have like a clip or anything. So it went in my pocket. I didn't really like that. So I finally found a, a nice pocket knife um, as a browning or whatever. It doesn't really matter, but good size as in somewhat small, but had replaceable scales. Mm-hmm. Cause of course I was thinking about making my own wood scales for it <laughs> and I had a nice clip. Um, and so I've carried that around for like half a year now and Every time I forget it somewhere, it's like the end of the world. Yeah. Well, it's at my friend's house. And it has <laughs> been there since Memorial Day because we're outside playing uh, spike ball, I think it's called. And uh, I took it out of my pocket and put it on the ground, got all the way home and was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> it's right there. 
but at least he found it. See, I always forget about my Leatherman when I go to like baseball games and stuff like that, where there's a metal detector. I'm like, gosh darn, I got to walk all the way back to the car mm, and put yeah. this in there before <laughs> I can go in. And Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I keep one of those little ones on my keychain mm-hmm. and I always think, okay, where am I going? You know, go to the airport, like you said, game or air show, whatever there's metal detectors. You mm. got to think ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so Jake, you uh, got a tool recommendation? I did until you said something and I was like, Oh no, I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fiasco night over here. <laughs> Dealing with IT problems. I had this whole, whole idea for one. No, um, I'm going with the 3d printer actually. Okay. Um, we're talking about that a little bit earlier, 3d printing stuff for the wood shop. Um, having a 3d printer is just one of the most incredibly useful tools you can have hanging around mm. and sure you can print Yoda heads and <laughs> Groot's and Batman busts, but you can also print, you know, jigs and fixtures, uh, little tools for the wood shop, all kinds of stuff like that. I just finished making a teleprompter, <laughs> like a legit <laughs> teleprompter. Nice. Uh, I'll show you guys later, but, um, yeah, it's super cool. 3D printed that sucker. And uh, yeah, that's a awesome. useful tool. How about you, Joe? So I think for me, since it was going to be Leatherman, I'm going to go with, <laughs> with this. So this is a po- called Polka Pen, P-O-K-K-A Pen. And it comes in two pieces. So it it like it's two pieces and they have little like O-rings on it. So it's like snaps closed. So it's this little thing. It's probably about three inches long. But it flips out to be a full size pen. And I carry this thing with me every day because I like Jake, I don't know if you saw. So I have this little like EDC pouch. Oh, yeah. That's got my belt, Leatherman, flashlight and this pen. And so Uh there's been so many times that just like the tape measure where you can't find the pencil you just set down, you just let down and uh, I pull this thing out and it's just, it's right there. It's always with me. I never lose it because it always has a place to go <laughs> and gets put <laughs> put back. So yeah, I'm going to recommend that, the the Polka pen. I think I've seen those at like REI and stuff. Yeah, I think that, yeah. and like I bought mine online. It was 10 bucks and I got a pack of three of them and they came with re- replacement ink pens too. So I it's nice. awesome. Yeah, I'll recommend those. Nice. Do you wear that EDC pouch when you're at the pulpit too? Uh, yes, actually. It's that's awesome because it fit because I can tuck it under my shirt, so it's uh, you'll never know it's there. <laughs> There's <laughs> if there. The power goes out. The yep. Power goes out in church. You just pull up the I'm, flashlight and keep exactly. On I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's okay. Joe's here. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, it's, calm down. Joe's I, here. I've literally fixed toilets. I've done uh electrical work i've had to do i had to rehang a door door jam with like redo recutting the hinges with my leatherman and like my flashlight has this like special clip on the back of it so it clips onto my hat and it's like nice i'm ready to go no matter what it is you are a jimmy Darista guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man but the, the the thing is with like with having that it's always the times when I don't have it. That's like, they're like, oh, you know, Joe, get, can I see your Leatherman? I'm like, gosh, darn it. You know, I wore shorts today, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're at a wedding in a suit. Like, yes. you your Leatherman? Actually, no, no I don't. 
for once <laughs> I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use my pocket knife all the time, man. Um, uh, we actually <clears throat> we didn't talk about this earlier. I was going to mention it, but uh, we design prosthetics. Um, I actually have a prosthetic finger. <laughs> I know a guy who needs one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a guy who can get you the hookups. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we'll get like, you know, returns in. And since I'm an engineer, I'll have to go through all those with some of the other techs. And there's some plastic parts on one of the products that I have. And we glue them on. And they are so hard to get off because, you know, I designed them so well. They <laughs> fit very nicely. <laughs> But like they're not the, serviceable. The best tool it, to remove those things is a pocket knife, like nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, screwdriver is too thick. Razor blade, that's a good thing to shoot into your eye or something. <laughs> but like a pocket Snap knife, it's like just perfect. Now that I'm kind of <clears throat> without that for a few weeks, it's been quite challenging at work. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, uh, I mean, should we wrap it up here? Yeah. Been going for a while man this was a good podcast yeah this was uh, amongst the technical difficulties it was good oh yeah I mean, we'll remember <laughs> this forever for yes. sure at one time jake had this idea to use zencaster um, <laughs> for the first which, time ever you know that program is great it's just the fact that his computer wouldn't work with it so he's his work computer which died oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we can blame your job yeah that's fine. Sounds good. <laughs> well, Joe, it's great having you on. I really appreciate your time yeah. and uh, great getting to know you and hear more about your backstory and what you're doing. Yeah, it was fun being on. Thank you, guys. Thank cool, you. Man. Awesome. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs> see ya.